You're now experiencing the AJ Nashville podcast. Real people, real problems, real success stories. Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com. Beautiful Friday today here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I hope each and every one of you listening to this has had an incredible week. I hope whatever goals you set for yourself this week, you not only crushed, but you succeeded and exceeded. So I've been gone at conferences all week long, went to Commissions Inc. training. If you are a real estate agent or a lender and you're looking for an awesome platform, Commissions Inc. just absolutely kills it. It's the the most robust system I've ever seen, and it's used by some of the nation's top producers. Great, great platform, great, great system. Anyways, I'm not here to plug Commissions Inc. I just feel that when I see something that's great, that I can share it with those of you that are listening so it can help modify and help grow your business. I do want to take some lessons that I learned from there, though. That's what today's podcast is actually going to be about. See, I met some people that are really, really ingrained in their industry and top producers. No questions about it. Some of the best producers in real estate were there. Um, Some lessons that I took from some of those people is what we're going to share today. So I want to talk about a guy named Joe. A couple couple seats down from me, front row. Really, really smart person. Uh, runs his own brokerage out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and just really had his shit together. I mean, it it was amazing to sit there and engage with this person during dinner and kind of learn some of the things he does and what he does to help boost his team's morale and how he takes and invests back into his business. One of the inspirational things that we talked about, which this came from him, didn't come from me, but I feel it's best to share it with you guys. He asked if we had ever been horseback riding. And naturally, you know, he's talking to those of us in the front row, and we, we'd all been horseback riding at one point or another. And he said, have you ever seen when one of the horses starts trotting faster, the rest of the horses follow suit? We said, well, yeah, that makes sense. He said, that's kind of what these meetings are like. He said, you're involved in a group that is looking to progress quicker and do better and work harder and be stronger And in the meantime, the rest of us follow suit. Now, I've preached this a million times. It has to do with the people that you choose to surround yourself with. It's the people that you choose to embed your free time with that helps determine what it is that you're going to do from a success standpoint. Now, I'm not saying that you have to get rid of all your friends that don't have the same mindset as you or the same growth as you do. That's your personal decision. Those of you listening, you've seen on my, my Facebook today where I said, hey, I am eliminating people who don't have a similar mindset or they always talk about negativity. Now, that doesn't mean that every person that I have on my friends list is going to be a top producing agent and that's all I have time for. Furthest thing from the truth. What it means is the person that I was two years ago is the person I want to be with friends with now. The person that saw the light. The person that said, hey, this is what's possible, but it's only possible with hard work. I don't care if you're a garbage man 
or woman. I don't care if you're a CEO of a company. I don't care if you are the most successful person or the least successful person in the world. What I want to surround myself with is people that want, that thrive, that move to their success. The ones that are willing to sacrifice, to do things in order to gain and earn success. Because success is not given. A lot of people think, hey, you know, if I play the lottery, I'll be rich one day. Or they look at certain things. Oh, yeah, you know, it'd be cool to have that, but I'll never have that. Why would you lie to yourself? You could have it, but you're not willing to work to get what it is that you want. See, I'm fortunate enough to sit there and look at my kids every day. And what I always think is, you know what? I want the best for them. And so I do not allow anything to stand in between me and the best for my children. So if that means I have to work harder because the market's slowing down a little bit and I need to find more deals and and do some extra things I normally wouldn't do, well, guess what? That's what I'm going to do. Why? Because I can't go home and say, hey, sorry about that. Daddy chose not to work today, so now you can't have these basic things. Or you can't have these extra things that I want to give you because I didn't go to work today. Most of us have the mindset that, oh, it's just another nine to five. I get up, I go to work, I get off, I go home, do it all over again. When you do something like that, that's what you're trapped in. Nobody is forced to work for somebody else. You always have the option to get up and do something else if that's what you choose to do. But you need to do whatever it is you're doing at a high level. And if you're not, find something else. I've been listening to Gary Vee's book, Crushing It. Not Crush It, which was the first one, but Crushing It, which is the updated book. And in it, he talks about people being passionate about what it is they do. You know, you, you have a person that was in law school, became a lawyer or a, uh, in, in the law field, maybe not a full-fledged lawyer, but her passion was in something else. And that eventually led to her success because she followed her passions. Now, those of you listening, don't go quitting your jobs today without a future plan and say, hey, I'm going to find my passion. You need to start first by identifying your passion. Once you identify what that passion is, then you figure out how to expand it to something profitable. Doesn't it blow your mind that there's people out there making money for doing things that they enjoy doing? There's a little kid out there. My daughter watches them all the time on YouTube. Made $11 million last year doing these toy reviews. Do you think that kid likes to play with toys? Probably so. It's their passion. Now, do I want my daughter's life to revolve around that? I don't. I don't want my daughter to have to sit there and, hey, it's time to film. We got to do a YouTube shoot. Let's get you on. Let's get you ready. Let's get you moving. I don't want that for her. That's what dad's here for. That's what mom's there for. To bust ass and do whatever it takes in order to provide what we can for our children. And it's not always lavish, trust me. I get a lot of people that are like, oh man, I want to get in the mortgage business. What do I do? It's easy. It really is. All you have to do is take a 20-hour course, take two tests. First test is 100 questions. There's a three-hour allotment for that test. They remove 25 of your answers, right or wrong. They remove those answers, and you got a score. I believe the score requirements is 75% or above. I could be incorrect because I've had my license for a long time. 
And then you need a TBI, which is a Tennessee Bureau of Investigation background check, an FBI background check, fingerprints. You got to make sure you got good credit because they have what's called credit fitness. Then you pay all your fees. Then you find a company that will sponsor you. And then at that point, you can start originating. But guess what? That's the easy shit. Here's where it gets hard. So you go in a room. There's a bunch of telephones. You got to get that telephone and pick that motherfucker up and call somebody. It could be a lead that you have. Maybe your boss said, hey, here's a couple leads. Make this phone call. See, the downside is most people make one call. up, oh, they didn't answer. They're not interested. And then they move on about their day. And what do they find themselves? The smokers, they find themselves downstairs smoking cigarettes, bitching about the leads, complaining to everybody else, and creating a cancer that spreads through a company faster than anything. It's disaster- disastrous. Or if you don't smoke... You're the one in the water, uh, near the water cooler complaining. These leads suck. This place sucks. These hours are horrible. Guess what? You chose that. Do you know how much it costs to onboard a new loan officer? Previous company I was at, it was about $7,000 to bring someone on. That's between leads. That's between background checks, license transferring, salaries, everything. First 30 days, seven grand. That's fucking expensive. So don't just chase the money and say, oh, this person's doing great. I want to do what they do. Because for every person that's doing awesome, there's nine more that are doing shitty. And probably more than that. I'm just throwing that number out there. 20% of the people in the market do 80% of the business. So what does that mean? That means there's 80% of the people out there that aren't doing shit. 80% of the people are barely making it. 80% of the people are wondering how they're going to make their payment this month because they don't know where the money's going to come from. Now, the difference between the 80 and the 20 is very simple. It's the work ethic. It's the being the horse that's getting ready to start trotting and following the other horses that are picking up the pace. It's very different because it's the sacrifice. See, now, sacrifice isn't when you wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning, you go to work, you get in the office at 9, you don't see your kids throughout the day, then you go home at 6. That's not sacrifice. That's fucking requirement to live. That's how you make money in order to make it. Sacrifice is when you do things like spend time away from your family in order to sharpen your trade. A lot of people sit there and say, oh, Alex, you know what? I wish I traveled as much as you do. I wish I went all the places you go. Let me tell you, although there's fun at times, it's not fun all the time. If you enjoy sitting in conferences to sharpen your trade and listen for eight hours, then that's your thing. If you enjoy not seeing your children at night, not tucking them in, not saying goodnight to your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, whatever it is, maybe that's your thing. Now, I do take a lot from these meetings I go to. I learn a lot. I network with some of the top people in the industry. I'm surrounded in a room with people, whether they're the best loan officer in the world or the worst, they're all people that are there to do the same thing, and that's grow. See, it's amazing when you surround yourself with those people because those people bring value into what it is that you do. That goes back to my Facebook conversation. It doesn't have anything to do with where you're at. You know what? You could be making $200 a week. It's not money. It's value. At the end of the day, we're all buried in the ground, 
our ashes are spread, whatever it is you choose to do. No, you can't take wealth with you, with you, but you can create a legacy. But when we all get put in the ground, guess what? The worms and the bugs and everything else that decide to eat what's left of us, they don't say, well, hey, this, this body over here is a little bit sweeter. They must have done well in life. And if they do say that, guess what? I'm fucking wrong because I don't know that insects can even talk anyways, but that's okay. The fact of the matter is you want to leave a legacy. And legacy doesn't always bring or mean money. Too many people get caught up in the fact that, oh, I want to make a shit ton of money and this is what I'm going to do. You know what I did when I started making good money? I started giving back more and more and more. Why? Because I was able to. Because I was no longer worried about, oh my God, I got to find $400 more because I got to make this payment. You know, there was a time where I struggled to do anything making payments on rent, paying credit cards, paying anything, putting gas in my car to get to the office, to be somebody else's employee, to work half-ass, and not only screw them out of the money they were paying me, but screw myself out of the time I was paying them. So when you really stop and take a look, where's the difference? The difference was I chose to seize the opportunities that I had in front of me. And I choose to work on those opportunities on a day-to-day-to-day-to-day basis. See, I know real estate agents that are no longer in the industry. And I ask them, hey, why'd you get out? Oh, you know, just I I couldn't find the business. And, you know, there there wasn't a lot out there for me. There's not a lot in my market for me to work on. That's fucking bullshit. Everybody listening to this podcast should know that's bullshit. Because here's the truth in the matter. Let's pretend like we're the truthful agent real quick. And when somebody says, hey, why'd you get out of the industry? The real response is, well, you know, I like to get up at 10 o'clock in the morning and, and then I wanted to watch my shows and then go to the gym and then go shopping for a while and drive around, meet up with friends, have some lunch. Um, I, I really didn't want to do a whole lot. You know, and then after that, I wanted to spend time with my kids and I want to relax and drink a couple glasses of wine until midnight and then get up and do the same fucking thing the next day. If you're listening to this and this scenario is pissing you off, it's probably because it was you. Let's be honest. But yet here they are. So what are you doing now? Oh, I went back to bartending. Oh, so you're working 40 hours a week for fucking shit is what you're telling me. Bartenders make good money, for the record. But if you take a person that has to work 40 hours a week and you sit them down and have them work 40 hours a week as a real estate agent, as a mortgage guy, as an investment guy, as an insurance guy or girl for all all those stated, or whatever it is that you're doing, could you imagine the return on that? 40 hours a week. I mean, I know that's unfathomable. But a true 40 Go in, put in your time, bust your ass, because here's the thing. The sun's only going to shine for so long. We're already seeing clouds get in front of it. Wait until it goes down. Then what? Are we going to go out of business? Some will. You know who won't? The ones that are willing to work the extra time. I want to refer back to Commissions, Inc. The training is always eye-opening. Lance Simpson, he puts on a great training on knowing where the buttons are, doing all that other good stuff. Uh, John Marone, 
really inspirational, great guy, great guy to listen to, um, really kind of spices things up, makes it exciting. And then you have Matt Feathers, an expert on the other side of, of Commissions, Inc. What is it that all these people have in common? They're all hard workers. They know what it is to grind. But here's what I'm going, getting, getting to. So they took a room of about 50, probably less than 50, probably 40 real estate agents and said, all right, for the next hour, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to get on the phone. Here's the script that we discussed. I want each and every one of you to call as many people as you can and set appointments. We'll take those appointments, and at the end of the session, we will figure out which team won. By the way, Grace's team's over here. John's team's over there. Boom, let's do it. Get it done. This will fucking blow your mind when I tell you these stats. So everything gets finished. One hour of working. There was $422,000 worth of gross commission income that was made based on the appointments that were set and the price points that they were set for. $422,000 in one hour. One hour. That's it. Imagine being able to sit there for one hour a day as an individual. Now, this is, you know, 40 people or so. We can use the excuse, well, yeah, but it was 40 people and, you know, they're top producers. How did they become top producers? Well, I can tell you, they take that hour a day and they turn it into something real for them. I want to go back to Joe's team out in Albuquerque. They take time and they have call nights. Consistently, call nights. Why? Because you have to force people to work because if you don't, they won't. Joe's team is crushing it. You know what Joe found out while he was there? Joe's team wasn't working his leads. I don't want to be on the receiving side of Joe. Joe's a big motherfucker. This dude's like a brick wall standing on top of a brick wall with another brick wall in front of it. He's big, um, but very business savvy. I don't want to be that team that Joe goes back to and says, hey, why am I spending thousands and thousands of dollars a month on these leads only for you guys not to call them. And that holds true for every facet of this industry. I give out leads. Hey, all you got to do is call them. Oh, these leads suck. There's no money on them. I don't know. I can't get a hold of them. There's a bad phone number. I get that. You show me a company that produces 100% conversion on every single lead that they do, and I will pay them as much money as necessary as long as my return is larger than my investment. The fact of the matter is, leads are people that are interested in the service that you have. It's your job to convert them, which means you have to pick up the phone in less than five minutes from the initial point of contact. It's crazy how that works. But here we are with the horses. We're trotting along. So now we're in a momentum and we're doing the things we're supposed to do. And suddenly we're achieving the dreams that we have. John at the event made a good point. He said, hey, how many of you have goals? Me, like a dumbass, not thinking. I raised my hand. I'm like, me, I got goals. Hey, over here. And what does he do? He calls on me. What's your goal? I state it. He's like, nope, that's not a goal. What's your real goal? I said, I want to buy a couple investment properties. Okay, when? Uh, in two years. What day? August 18th. Okay, 
Why? How does it make you feel? You know, all those goals, when you start breaking them down, because we hear all the time, hey, successful people have their goals written down on a piece of paper, and we think, okay, they have, I want a car, I want a truck, I want a house, I want this, I want a pool, I want kids. But nobody ever has the deadlines. Nobody ever has the, this is how I feel, this is what it does, this is why I want to do it. None of that. Now, he caught me off guard. I do have a goal. It's a very specific goal. It's a car, okay? Nothing major, but it's a car to reward myself for the hard work that I put in. I know the color. I know the retail price on it. I know the interior. I know the motor. I know everything about this car, and I know the date I'm going to have it by. It's a true goal. I would have sounded a lot smarter if I would have said that one instead of the house one, but we're not talking about intelligence here. We're talking about motivation. It doesn't matter what you do it for as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. And the right reasons for you may be different than the right reasons for me. And that's okay. But take a moment and write it down. Figure it out. John talked about a very personal situation that he had. And he had a, um, what do you call those things? The board, the the goal board or whatever it is that people call them. And, you know, it's funny because I hear him talking about this board. And I remember specifically the week prior, the guy was like, those boards are bullshit. What's that tell me? That tells me there's two very successful people out there that have achieved success in two totally different ways that one doesn't believe in the other. And that's okay because none of that shit matters. Find what works for you. If you want to get the goal board and you want to put it up and you want to put pictures on there and every day you look at it and say, that's why I'm doing it, then do it. It doesn't matter what you do. Just do something. Get off your ass. Get up and do it. That's it. It's very simple. There's no rocket science to this. There's ways to hone and sharpen your skills. How many times have you heard somebody say, hey, record your calls. See how they sound. Correct them. Critique them. Do this. Do that. Tons of times. How many have actually done it? Zero. I can almost bet if you're listening to this podcast, you have never fucking done that ever. Why not? Are you embarrassed of what you may sound like? Because you should be. I should be. Because we fuck up. Because we're humans. And we have to practice our trade over and over and over again. We had a competition there. Three of us overcoming objections. I was like, I got this motherfucker in the bag. Let's do this. It's my thing. I love this. I got beat. Now, the guy that beat me was pretty fucking good. The girl that was, that was competing with us, she was also pretty fucking good. But I was out of my, out of my element. I was in a class of realtors being a, a lender, overcoming objections that a realtor would overcome. But you know what that is? It's a fucking excuse. Because if I claim to be the best, I need to be the best across the board. Not just the best in the lending scope. I want to be the best salesperson. The best salesperson understands an objection, regardless of what it is, is just an objection. You tackle it the same fucking way every time. Doesn't matter what it is. So that was a little pride kick in the dick. Now, afterwards, a lot of people are like, man, you should have won that. I didn't. And that's on me. And that's a pride kick. The other thing is most of you listened and, and you know I've gained some weight over the years. There's no excuse for it besides laziness. It wasn't a priority. I had some reality checks this week. 
You know, people say things sometimes and you're like, ah, that fucking sucks. But they're right. So instead of making an excuse and saying, poor me, oh, fat, fuck. I brought my gym shorts today. I brought my gym shoes. And guess what? I'm going to the fucking gym. I don't care what I have to do to get there. I'm going to get there. Why? Because I don't want to be that lazy fat ass. As I was pulling into the office today, I was thinking about it. How could you be the best at all of these other things and want to be the best and this and that and everything else, but you're not taking care of your health? How the fuck can I be the best at everything if I can't take care of the basic thing that makes me be the best at those things? If you don't take care of your body, it's true. Eventually, it'll fail on you. I don't be that person. So we're going to change that. Why? Because it's going to impact every facet in my life. I listened, or I, I read a story, a buddy of mine last night. He said it had been a year since him and his wife have drank. One year. It's fucking amazing. A whole year without a drink. Being in this industry, let me tell you, a year without a drink is like six hours without breathing. It's fucking hard. But the fact is, he had been a year. He said he never felt better. His relationship had never been better before. His health has never been better than it was. What's that, what's that mean? Why? How, how is that possible? Well, because he's taking care of his body. Because it, putting a poison in your body eventually takes a toll on it. And I don't care what your vice is. But step back and take a look and say, is this fucking with me? My relationships, my life, my motivation? And if it is, change it. It's pretty fucking simple. Just change it. That's it. Other side of the spectrum, I see a buddy of mine says, hey, congratulations to my buddy. He has been sober for one year. The big difference between the two is one was an addict. The other one was not. Could have been considered an addict, but, but it, for this scenario was not. That person faces on a day-to-day basis temptation. But they have the will to say, no, no more. I'm done. This isn't who I am. He's trotting with horses. So realistically, the only thing this thing's about is just fucking do it. Do the things that you've been promising yourself. Get them done. You know, I have meetings that have been scheduled with people that have canceled on me numerous times. What does that say to me? I'm not a fucking priority to you. So guess what? When that next meeting comes up, you're not a priority to me. Because no longer am I going to waste my time dealing with people who don't respect it, don't want to move forward, and don't want to do the things that it takes to provide them and their families with the best life possible. That doesn't mean you have to go out and get a fancy car. That doesn't mean you have to go out and buy a big house. That doesn't mean you have to send your kids to private school. Guess what? If you're happy driving a 20-year-old car in a fucking double-wide trailer because your kids have a smile on your face and you have $100,000 in the bank or $10,000 or $100 in the bank, that's fine as long as you're improving you. There's not a minimum dollar amount required to be a member of this club of people that want to be successful. But there is a minimum amount of motivation that's required. What about the people out there that have been super successful and they give all their money to charity? Are they not successful? Of course they are. So I want you, at the end of the day, 
after listening to this podcast, I want you to look around and say, what is it that drives me? What is it that motivates me? And then what am I willing to do in order to achieve that? In order to fulfill those motivations, what am I willing to do? Better yet, what am I not willing to do? Think about it. Think about it over the weekend. If you need to stop and you need to listen to this podcast again, do it. Because you're only hurting yourself if you don't. And those of you out there that already have things put together and you're already going on the right track and things are growing great for you, congratulations. Because if you're anything like me, it took a while to find that position and finally buckle down and say, hey, I'm going to do what it takes. No matter what the cost, I'm going to do what it takes. And if you made that commitment, my hat off to you. You are the horses that I want to trot with. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget, this weekend, Weenies with Warriors, the VFW in Donaldson, Tennessee, starting at noon, going till 3. It's going to be fucking awesome. Hope to see you out there. Rain, sleet, snow, shine, everything. I I tell you what, one point of relaxation for me now. I come back, get into Tennessee. It's 90 degrees. I'm like, fuck, it's still going to be hot here. So much cooler. You guys out in Arizona, 112 degrees. Oh, but it's dry heat. It's fucking hot. I don't care what you say. So I'm enjoying my 90-degree humid weather here. At least my skin stays moisturized. Anyways, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Please like, share, subscribe. All the support. I appreciate everything that you do for me. I appreciate all the support that you provide me with. Thank you so much. I'm sorry for the long-winded content, but this is a powerful podcast, and I hope something I said resonates with you and you change something about what you're doing. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the AJ Nashville podcast. Episodes air Mondays at 6 and Fridays at 5. Thank you for your ongoing support. Please subscribe.